Okay, well, uh, welcome back again, and welcome again to everyone who's here today. Uh, I want to start out today with maybe a little thought experiment. Uh, so just kind of an experiment, you run it in your head. Um, if you could get into a time machine and go back into any earlier time in your life, uh, when would you go back to? Just think about that for a second. When would you go back? And let's assume, for the sake of our experiment, that you get to keep whatever, you get to get whatever body you had at that time. <laughs> right? Um, and uh, what, what, what would you, if you had that time machine, what would you set the dial for? I'm going to guess most of us, the answer is not junior high. Maybe your experience was different. I'm not going back. I left and I kicked the dust off my feet and didn't look think twice. Um, what about high school? That was probably a little split, right? Some of us it was the best of times, others it was the worst of times. What about college or college, the college age at 18 to 22? Would you go back then? Um, would you go back to when you were married? When you were starting out? When you were young and in love? Think about that for a second. When would you go back to, and not just February of 2020 before COVID came? When I think about it, you know, other than my wedding day, when would, of course, when would I go back? Um, I'd probably go back to one of those summers in college. You know, I always am waxing eloquent about the summers in college when I worked as a camp counselor. I, it was the life. I'll tell you what was the life. You know, you don't have to cook for yourself. You don't have to take care of property. You don't have to pay bills. You just, you showed up, you did your job for a week, and then you got the weekend off, and you could go driving all over the country with all these cool people your own age. So you spent your week on the Lord, your weekends traveling around with cool people your own age. You didn't have to worry about bills and things like, uh, uh, responsibilities. You didn't have to take care of that. I, I remember I had a Chrysler LeBaron hatchback. You know, if you remember those from the early 90s. They're not the big, long Chrysler LeBarons that talk to you. Um, the ones that Ricardo Montalban talked about having Corinthian leather. Mine had no Corinthian leather. It was like a fake suede. And it had a little hatchback. And I remember I could pack everything up that I needed for the whole summer. I could put it in a couple duffel bags, and I'd throw in my guitar for good measure. Yes, I used to play guitar. Not, 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 nothing like that. C, D, G, A, C, D, G, A. And, and I would pack everything into that hatchback and go out for the summer. That's all I needed. That was the glory days, right? I mean, the music was better, right? We'd sit up at nights. On weekends, sit out under the stars, philosophizing or whatever you want to call it. And I got to thinking about it. I got to thinking about all this when I got this song in my head from the 80s. That's how old I am, right? 80s songs come into my head. It was by Brian Adams. Remember him? I'm not going to try to sing it because Google will punish me. It was a song called Heaven, right? If you try to remember, you know, it, was, it was very 80s, right? Power ballad, guitar, lots of emotion. Oh, man, it, it, it was, you know, it was the 80s. You went big. And there's a line in it that he starts out with that, was, that, that kept ringing in my head. He goes something like, I'm thinking about the younger years. It was only you and me. We were young and wild and free. Oh, I, 
I'm going to try to do that. And it stuck in my head because that's so true, right, about how you think about earlier times before you had responsibilities and people to take care of, you know, and mortgages and deadlines and deliverables, Right? You could just be selfish. You could just have that one special person and you could be selfish together and you could just drive around and forget about the whole world because other people paid for your health insurance and your car insurance and your life insurance and, it was, and your tuition. I have a theory. I have a theory that we all tend to look back on some earlier part of our lives with kind of rose-colored glasses because back then we had a different view of the future. So you think about this. The present, whatever it was, it was your time. You were a part of it. You knew it. In a sense, it was all you knew. Right? You were born into it. There, you, didn't, you didn't have memories of a previous time. You just had this. And it was your generation. And it was normal. And the future, the future was wide open, right? It was full of possibilities and options and things that you could do. And your love was new, exciting. And there was so much to do together that didn't involve driving someone to a game or a practice. The present was all you do. The future was hopeful and optimistic. And then what happens? Life happens. Right? And then life happens, and the world starts changing. And the technology you do becomes obsolete. And the music changes. And you look back and you go, you know, okay, uh, well, I'll admit. I'll, I will look back nostalgically on Brian Adams. I'm never going to look back on 2007 and go, remember when they, Justin Timberlake brought sexy back? It was gone for so long. Thank God he came here. I don't think anyone's ever going to nostalgically sit at their wedding and go, we need, to, we need to play this one. Touched my heart. I'm biased. Call me biased. But the, right, the music changes. Whatever your era is, the music changes, and the new one always seems bad. And then the culture changes, and expectations change, and the demographics of the town change. And, and, and then the next thing you know, you end up on the board of the HOA, and you're making sure they don't put no playground in the park. Because kids from other neighborhoods are going to start coming here. And then there'll be drugs and crime. And the teenagers, you know what they do in the park. Right? And then you'll be sitting there on Halloween, turning off the lights and bolting lock your door. And making, because kids from other neighborhoods are coming around to trick-or-treat and they're taking all our candy. And if you think I'm lying, those are actual things that were said in my HOA. When I moved to Tucson in 2004, like, the neighbor was like, every other house was open to Halloween. Now it's like every fifth. You know? That was before COVID. These are actual examples about how the neighborhood would turn into a den of foreigners and licentiousness and drugs. So I looked at my wife and I said, if I ever become like that, just shoot me. Take me out back. Bury me under the lemon tree. Have a good squeeze every spring. In memory of Lars. And then, because if I become that way, if I become that grumpy and, and selfish and withdrawn from my community 
and unwilling to help the next generation? I just end, I don't want to be that person. What happened? How did you go from young and wild and free to get off my lawn? It's how we view the future. Is the future something we look forward to? Are we hopeful? Are we optimistic? Do we see possibilities and opportunities? Do we view changes in technology and culture and demographics as things to embrace or things to fear? See, here's what happens. Things change, right? And they change and they change and they change. And then you're left scrambling all the time. We've all learned this in COVID, right? You're scrambling. You know, every pastor had to become an AV tech overnight. You're scrambling, and it's exhausting scrambling. It's exhausting keeping up with it, and it's uncomfortable at times. And after a while, you start to feel dumb. And you're going back to have your kids show you how to use the Zoom. Right? And after a while, it can get easy to kind of start losing hope in the future. And it all starts to look worse than what you remember. So you start to look back with nostalgia on the good old days, and you can kind of fall into resenting things that come along, and then soon everything new that comes along becomes an irritation and an annoyance and another irritation. And in a worst case, you give up on the future, and you say, you know, it's all going to hell in a handbasket. I'm just going to sit and be grumpy. Ugh. I hope I don't become that. We get grumpy when we lose hope in the future. Because that optimism, that optimism is about what makes us happier now. The optimism in the future makes us happier now. And to get that feeling back is renewal. Not to go back to the good old days. I do not want to recreate the 80s. But to be renewed now. Like when the world was your oyster. Let's look a little at uh, 2 Corinthians 4, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth here. The Apostle Paul, uh, he's talking to his church. He's telling them that even though, even, that, that even though they're dealing with a lot, struggles, persecutions, even though they're dealing with all this, that they know, should not lose hope. This is not the time to lose hope, he's saying. And yes, he says, I know, a lot of you have had to put up with shaming, you've been disowned by your families, you've been ostracized, you have to worship in secret, you know, I get it. And the world, for those early church, early Christians, didn't feel so nice. And I'm sure they sat there, hiding in their, you know, catacombs and hiding in the back room to worship, thinking, you know, man, life really was easier when I worshipped Zeus. I didn't have to deal with all this stuff. It was easier back then. Maybe I should just go back. But what kept them going through all of that was that they looked to the future with hope. Today might be hard, but tomorrow has possibilities and it has opportunities. And it's so hard that sometimes it feels like, you know, you're just falling apart. What does Paul say to his church? He says right here, starting at verse 16. He says, So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. 
Granted, it's a little bit negative view of the body, right? You know, out in nature is wasting away. We are going to die, and in the end, that is all we will become. You see Paul Sartre sitting there on the rue de something to something, talking about the outer nature wasting away. Okay, Paul did have a, sometimes a little bit negative view of the body. But I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, we all die, we all get older, wasting away, a little bit harsh, I suppose. I don't spend my time thinking about it. But I understand, do understand, my life on this earth is temporary. Whatever happens to me is temporary, and that one day I will be raised again with Christ. So when we Christians sit and we look to the future, we shouldn't be grumpy, we should be hopeful. We say that God is in control, that the world is in God's hands, that God has a purpose for us, that God works things for good. Well, if we believe that, why are we grumpy about the present and down on the future? It's all in God's hands, right? If it's in God's hands, and we're in God's hands, when I'm down and I can't see hope in the future, that's when I need to be renewed. Not by restoring the good old days, but by focusing on what God can and is going to do. I can't see the future. I can't see where I'll be. But I can dream about it. I can imagine it. I can imagine a world where we make greater justice, where we stop the rising seas, where we end hunger, where the wars are done. I can imagine things more local. I can dream that the potholes at Camino de la Tierra and Orange Grove will be filled in permanently. Eh, maybe I know that section, God is not in control. But, you know, I, I can imagine, I can dream about the church, right? I, I can dream about reaching new people. I can dream about young people finding God instead of rejecting God. I can dream about skeptics finding grace and hope. I can dream about us in our dark moments finding a godly presence in the community. I, and I, I can dream about people rejected by fundamentalism and legalistic, punitive religion finding love and acceptance in a church that they thought hated them. I can dream and imagine the church being a place where all the new people coming to our country where they will find Christ after they fled in fear from their old. And we could pass on this great legacy of Lutheranism, of Christianity to people who don't always look like me. And I can dream and imagine people in faraway places hearing about Christ through some internet thingamabobby we do, and then finding a church near them. I can dream and I can imagine those things. But when COVID came, I had to shut everything down, right? It became hard to dream. It became hard to be optimistic. Because everything seemed like it was better before. And nothing was any fun anymore. Right? Nothing was any fun. You know, it was, life seemed better when we didn't have all the restrictions. And I, I think a lot of the world became really grumpy. You know, I found myself getting grumpy about things. We were forced to change everything very, very fast, and it wasn't fun for most of us. But now I realize 
We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to be renewed personally, spiritually, by the changing focus on from what was to what God can make be. From the good old days to the good new days. It's time for a spiritual renewal. A renewal of my heart today because I not look not, as Paul says, at what can be seen, but I look at what cannot be seen. God's future. God's future for me and the church and the world. I look to God's future and that gives me hope and that renews me inside. Amen.